0: Pastor Xavier Rees says, Schools Out is the lesson learned when it comes to false teaching. The opposition of the Word of God
1: is often in the public arenas, as in Jeremiah's day, so it is in our day. Public schools' teachers deny the existence of God and the authority of the Word of God, and they give evidence that they're fools, like Psalm 14:1 says, The fool has said, No God. False prophets have always been here, will always be here. Whenever you have the true one, you always have counterfeits.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. This simple truth from the Gospel of John, Chapter 15 Reminds us why the good news of the gospel isn't always the most popular from the world's point of view. But we'll see that standing fast in scripture finds eternal favor in God's economy, as illustrated by Jeremiah's confrontation with the false prophet Hananiah. Here's Pastor Xavier getting our study underway.
1: The message entitled, A Faithful Witness. This is what Jeremiah is. He's just constant. He's faithful. He's sticking around. You do not stick around for 40 years or better to people who hate you unless you're faithful. The prophet Jeremiah was called once again to act out a sign message as he had at other times. You recall the chapter 13, he was called to uh, take a girdle or a sash and wear it till it was dirty, hide it in the Euphrates River, when he got there, God showed him that it was in a ruined condition, which really was to reflect the ruined condition of the nation. Then in chapter 19, as you remember, that he uh, was called to go down to the potter's house in chapter 18 and to see how he would deal with the clay. And when the clay would not be flexible to what God and the potter wanted to do, it was cast away. And so in chapter 19, he's called to the valley of Hinnom and the witness of some of the elders, the priests and the people And as he declared the ruined condition of the nation, he was to cast the flax or the vessel breaking it, symbolizing the destruction of the nation. Signed messages that were very vivid, very picturesque, and they left an impression upon the people in Jerusalem. Now Jeremiah the prophet is commanded by Yahweh to make some wooden yokes. Did you put on oxen and donkeys to plow and stuff like that? And um, he was to wear them symbolic of the bondage that all the nations were to submit to, to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar. God sovereignty had chosen him to be the ruler. This is the period that's beginning, the time of the Gentiles. The head of gold, Babylon. Daniel's in Babylon right now. Chapter 2, the the vision of the of the head of gold and the arms of silver and the belly of brass and the legs of iron. And God showed Daniel the interpretation. The time of the Gentiles, a new time was going to arise now. Now, the three chapters go together, 27, 28, and 29. In chapter 27, the message revealed was that these five Gentile kings would be subject to and they were to yield... To the authority of Nebuchadnezzar. And Jeremiah was to communicate this to the ambassadors that had come from these nations. To meet with Zedekiah. In hopes of a confederacy to rise up against Babylon. And then send the message back to them. In chapter 28. The message revealed was that. This message was opposed. By the false prophet. Which we will see as Hananiah. And he was declaring just the opposite. And then in chapter 29, the message revealed is to the captives in Babylon by the hand of Jeremiah that they are to just kick back, have families, pray for the peace of the city because they were going to be there for 70 years and not to listen to the false prophets. In fact, this chapter 28, the word prophet is associated with the name of Jeremiah and more, more times than any other chapter. Six times it's referred to him. Now we know from chapter one he's a not only a prophet called to Jerusalem, but to the nations. Chapter 1, verse 10. To root up, to pluck down, and then forgot to rebuild. And so here again, Jeremiah is a faithful witness unto God in the midst of opposition. What we want to do is look at chapter 28, at the opposition of Jeremiah by Hananiah. Regarding the sign message of the wooden yokes, and it unfolds for us in three simple movements. Let me read these verses for us. And it happened in the same year at the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, in the fourth year and in the fifth month, that Hanani, the son of Asher, the prophet, who was from Gibeon, spoke to me in the house of the Lord in the presence of a priest and all the people, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, saying, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years I will bring back in this place all the vessels of the Lord's house, and Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, took away from this place and carried to Babylon. And I will bring back to this place Jochaniah the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and all the captives of Judah who went into Babylon, says the Lord, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. And then the prophet Jeremiah spoke to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests, in the presence of all the people who stood in the house of the Lord. And the prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. The Lord do so. The Lord perform the works which you have prophesied to bring back the vessels of the Lord's house. And all that were carried away captive from Babylon to this place. Nevertheless, hear now this word that I speak to you hearing and in the hearing of all the people. The prophet who have been before me and before you of old prophesied against many countries and great kingdoms of war. Of disaster and pestilence. As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one who the prophet has truly sent. Then Anani, the prophet, took the yoke off the prophet Jeremiah's neck and broke it. And Hananiah spoke in the presence of all the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Even so I will break the yoke of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, from the neck of all nations within the space of two full years. And the prophet Jeremiah went away. Now the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah after Hananiah the prophet had broken the yoke from the neck of the prophet Jeremiah, saying, Go and tell Hananiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, You have broken the yoke of wood. And you have made in their place yokes of iron. For thus saith the Lord of hosts of God of Israel. I will put a yoke of iron on the neck of all these nations. That they may serve Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. And they shall serve him. I have given him the beast of the field also. And then the prophet Jeremiah said to Hananiah the prophet. Hear now Hananiah. The Lord has not sent you. But you make this people trust in a lie. Therefore. Thus says the Lord, Behold, I will cast you from the face of all the earth. This year you shall die, because you have taught rebellion against the Lord. And so Hananiah the prophet died the same year in the seventh month. The opposition of Jeremiah by Hananiah here regarding the message, the sign message of the wooden yokes. Kind of an intense setting, uh, as we'll see. And it unfolds for us in these three movements. First of all, the prophet Hananiah prophesied contrary to Jeremiah in verses 1 through 4. Then in verse 5 through 9, the prophet Jeremiah proposed to test the prophecy of Hananiah. That's always good. And then finally in verse 10 through 17, the prophet Hananiah acts out his own prophetic sign like Jeremiah, And this unfolds for us, this constant tension that existed between Jeremiah and the prophets. We've seen it over and over again, these three chapters kind of just focus on it. Uh, we've seen it before, uh, but, but here now, he gives us this direct opposition within the temple, as we'll see. Let's begin here with the prophet Hanani. He prophesies contrary to Jeremiah. Verse 1 through 4. Notice first in verse 1. The opposition of Jeremiah was a public assembly. It's always favorable to play in your home turf when you're looking at sports. You feel more courageous. You've got the fans there. This is Hananiah. This is his turf. He's got all his clonies around. Jeremiah standing alone. (laughs) But he's standing as a faithful witness. The event took place the same year, verse 1 says, as the previous chapter, in the beginning of the year of Zedekiah, king of Judah. Now, the date of the prophecy is said to be in the reign of Jehoiakim in chapter 27, verse 1. But verse 1 here refers back to 27, one. How do we explain this? Most scholars believe that there is a copyist error here. You say, oh, yes, there's some error, sometimes a name or a letter, but it does not change the sense, or the text, or the meaning of the text. Let me explain to you. When you get to chapter 27, uh, in verse 3, 12, and 20, that the name Zedekiah is there, and that's the implication. So the internal evidence of the chapter corrects verse 1. Jehoiakim is an heir, and it's Zedekiah that the context is all about. So the internal evidence of the chapter itself corrects that, by the way. All right? Now, the date is in the fourth year notice of Zedekiah in the fifth month, July or August, of 594 B.C. So this event, we know exactly when it took place. It's recorded for us. The first 20 chapters, we didn't have dates except for one. After chapter 20, 21 to 39, we have many dates, but they're not in chronological order, so we got to watch when they come in and where they're going to fit. Okay? So we're looking at this. Now, notice the phrase, in the beginning of the reign. It doesn't contradict the first verse of chapter 27 or of 28. It was just another way of referring to the king's reign. In other words, the beginning refers to the first half of a king's reign and the end refers to the last half of a king's reign. So when we look to the cultural background, we see how these phrases were used. So people come to the scripture and say, well, there's a contradiction here. It says here in this. It says the beginning, the end. There are different ways to to make reference to it. So we do good historical background check, and we find out there's no contradiction. Now, it was during this time, notice that the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah at this time. The one who opposed Jeremiah is named for us, Hananiah. Now, Hananiah is a false prophet, one of many. Now, this is the focus here. And his name means the Lord has been gracious. What a contradiction of his name. Now, there are a lot of people that call themselves Christians, but they're a contradiction to their name. Next time you ask somebody, are you Christian? Don't ask them that anymore. Because they'll turn around and say, oh, yeah. I want you to start asking people, are you Christ-like? Because that's what Christian means. Okay? And they will think twice, but they say yes. <laughs> they'll look at you kind of funny, first of all, and then they'll think. "Well," And they'll say, well, I try. <laughs> now we're getting to the truth. Notice he was the son of Asher, the prophet. Whether this, uh, his father was a false prophet also, we're not told. Uh, he was from Gibeon, a priestly city in the territory of Benjamin, like Jeremiah, who was from Anathoth, the same territory. Which means that they were both priestly cities, which means that they were both in the priestly line. So there was familiarity with the, with the same kind of people, everything else. Okay? Now, he spoke to Jeremiah, notice, in the house of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people. This is his domain. He is is feeling his oaths here. He's got the upper hand supposedly over Jeremiah. Notice, secondly, when you get to verse 2 to 4, the opposition of Jeremiah dealt with the matters of the captivity. In verse 2, Hananiah prefaced the message by, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to make his message authoritative to the hearer. To impress them. To catch their ear. The phrase does speak of the God of Israel. And together God had given them the message. The Lord of hosts is the captain of the armies of heaven. Who has made him his messenger. All these are impressive phrases. These are phrases by authentic prophets. He's passing himself off as something that he is not. This phrase would put him on equal standing with Jeremiah. At least before the eyes of the people. Notice still in verse 2 that Hananiah said that Yahweh had broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Now it's interesting when we correlate this date with the chronicles of Babylon. They indicate that Nebuchadnezzar at this particular time was putting down a revolt in Babylon. So it's very possible that because you know when you get to chapter uh, 29. That's a letter that Jeremiah writes to the captives. And in that we get a letter that was written back to the false prophets to shut Jeremiah's mouth because he was discouraging the people over there. So there was correspondence back and forth. And most likely some of the people in the captivity who were following the false prophets there wrote back and told Hananiah of this revolt. And he got encouraged and he says, man, they're coming back. And so he took full advantage of this information. To proclaim this false prophecy. It would make him an optimistic prophet. Who likes a doom and gloom? One way you know false prophets are they're always giving you the positive. Always health and wealth. And they never touch obedience. They never touch the warnings. They never touch the consequences. Yet Jeremiah had been told by Yahweh to send messages to those five kings through their ambassadors. And to convince Zedekiah not to confederate with them. As well as the priests and the people. He had already delivered this message. Notice in verse 3, Hananiah said Yahweh would bring back the vessels of the Lord's house also. That Nebuchadnezzar had taken to Babylon. And then he has the boldness to say, two years. He's getting cockier. The first siege was in 606, as you know, and Daniel and his friends went in. The second siege had just happened in 596-97, just four years prior to this. The third siege would be in 586, the final siege where Zedekiah would be taken and blinded after having his children killed. In the 11th year of his reign, Jeremiah uh, 52-5 tells us that. Uh, The false prophets never change, do they? They always deceive the people. They always oppose God's word. That's why you and I need to know God's word. Notice in verse 4, Hananiah also said Yahweh would bring back the king and the people. So not only the, the vessels of the temple, but the, the king here is Jehoiachin, which was the son of Jehoiakim. But here, Jeconiah. So Jeconiah and Jehoiachin are the same person. And we covered him also. His name is Coniah in chapter 22, 28 through 30, who was cursed from sitting on the throne anymore. And when we were there, we followed up in the book of Matthew, the gospel that Coniah was cursed. So he couldn't sit on the throne. So Joseph was disqualified. So the lineage comes through Mary. Luke gives us that. Because there's a flop over from Nathan, the son of Solomon, which the lineage comes through. And so one's an ascension, the other one's a descension. And so here, this guy is the same guy. Coniah, Jehoiachin, same person. Just different names as we've seen different times through the records. Now, the people who would return were all the captives of Judah, he says, from the first and second siege. So everything he's saying is really contrary to what God has been revealing through Jeremiah. And the reason given was due to the fact that God would break the yoke of the king of Babylon. I mean, who doesn't want to think the best? Everybody does. Have you ever noticed when you talk to people who, who talk to you about their life, and, and you can see their life, their life is messed up. But when they talk to you, even though they acknowledge certain things, but then at the end they say, yeah, but you know, I just really think it'll all work out, and hey, I'm going to be up on top pretty soon. And you're going... What are you talking about? And they walk away and say, that boy's brain dead. Regardless of all the negative, regardless of all the true facts, they still kind of deceive themselves, say, it's going to be okay. It's like a guy jumping out of the plane without a parachute and you pass him up and he says, it's going to be okay. You're going, no it isn't. One of the most deceptive publications of false prophets and prophecies are the Jehovah Witness. As they own the biggest printing press in the world. They have one press that puts out 500 pieces of propaganda every second. From that one press alone comes out 84 million books and pamphlets. The proclamations are contrary to the Bible. Out of context, they're made to be twisted to deceive people. Pretty heavy. And people embrace it because they do not examine to the word of God. False prophets have always been here, will always be here. Whenever you have the true one, you always have counterfeits. Always. The opposition of the word of God is often in the public arenas uh, as Jeremiah's day, so it is in our day. Especially today in our day. It's a kind of a, an end thing, in our public schools, teachers and administrators deny the existence of God and the authority of the Word of God, and they give evidence that they're fools, like Psalm 14 one says, "The fool has said no God, but' it's, it's no no qualm, they, they just say it, and they declare it and they repeat the same old lie that everybody else is repeating in our universities, by leading professors, they boldly speak against The existence of God and everything else and mocking the flood. Yet their geologists will confess that ocean life is found in the tallest mountain. Everywhere. How did it get there? Little bird pick it up and put it up there. I'll make sure all over the world. Fossils cry out flood. Cataclysmic destruction. Fossils are not being made today. They were made at one time at the flood when everything was instantly buried. Fossils cry out, not evolution, but creation and destruction. They deny that there's a God that created everything. Teaching that, uh, again, we are a chance factor, evolved from the animal kingdom. And therefore, as they continue in this lie, their understanding becomes darkened as well as their heart in Romans chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. When they knew God, they didn't want to acknowledge him as God. They became fools. We see this very vividly in our society today. They deny that man will have to give an account to God, that he will judge the living and the dead, that Jesus is the way to heaven, Acts 10.42. They feel they can live their lives any way they want, and they're never going to have to give an account to anybody. We even have to give an account here. We have enough evidence now the past 30, 40 years of people who have done their own thing, different strokes for different folks, try it, you like it, all those little sayings. And we have a good crop of what it brings. We've got a lot of messed up people. We've got broken homes. We've got broken lives. We've got lonely people because we have not paid heed to the word of God. But we have believed the educators and the professionals. They reject that man is evil and desperately wicked, insisting that he's good and noble, contrary to Scripture, Jeremiah 79. Denying man's history. If you just study the history of man, forget the Bible. Just study the history of man. If man is good, where are you getting your evidence from? You're denying the evidence that's in history. So the prophet Hananiah prophesied contrary to Jeremiah. And we see this in our day today. And God has placed you and me in this day, in this age, to be a faithful witness like Jeremiah when it comes our way. And it will be in public arenas today many, many times.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese illustrating with the prophet Jeremiah that history will always be his story in the end, on today's Simple Truths. And let me quickly remind you that if you've missed any part of this message, you can hear it from beginning to end again anytime online. Just look for today's date when you click on the radio listings link when you log on to CalvaryChapelPasadena.com. But there's much more to this study to come right here next time as well. And if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, As always, you can pick up a copy of this message. And the title you want to ask for is simply, A Faithful Witness. It's available on CD for only $4. And once again, the title to ask for is, A Faithful Witness. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing, Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. First John 4, 1 John 4.1 warns, Do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Join Pastor Xavier Rees for more of the faithful witness of Jeremiah next time.